the Ramadan of Sheikh al-Hadith Muhammad Zakaria rahmatullahi alayh as written by Dr. Ismail Maimon and translated by Asim Ahmed, published by Madaniya Publications in August of 2010. Book 1, Chapter 6, Page 25 The Ramadan of 1966-67 to The Ramadan of 1966-67 to was as memorable as the previous one. The number of people for Etakaf with Hadrat was greater than in the previous few years. Approximately 100 people moved in on the night of the 29th of Sha'ban with Hadrat into the new complex. As before, the number of people in Etakaf increased with time to over 400 people by the end of Ramadan. Sheikh Munawar Hussain logged the programs of this Ramadan and he writes, On the 29th of Sha'aban, guests and people in Etakaf began moving into their designated spaces and spread their beddings before Fajr. It became so full by next morning that the locals who came to pray Fajr were forced to sit in the third row. Both of the front two rows were full. Hadrat had announced after Salat al-Asr of the 29th of Sha'aban that the people in Etakaf should move into the area of Etakaf. Therefore, people began shifting their belongings and over 90 people entered the masjid of the new complex for Etakaf. Though the masjid was big and had six rows, it was soon full with the belongings and luggage of the people who had come for Etakaf. Those who arrived that night, the next morning or later, were allotted places in the courtyard. There were a little less than 100 people at Iftar and over 100 at Sahar. When the courtyard was full and guests continued to arrive, there were designated places inside the masjid. Every guest was allotted one and a half feet widthwise of space during the last two weeks of Ramadan. As the number of guests continued to increase, an enormous pavilion was pitched in the middle of Ramadan outside the masjid, which became full by the end of Ramadan. Six rooms of the students' dormitories were vacated and furnished with beds for special guests who came for Etakaf before Ramadan. But as the designated areas became full, only two rooms were kept for special guests, while straw mats were laid out on the floor of the other rooms for everyone else. From the 23rd to the 28th of Ramadan, approximately 315 people were tallied on the mats at the time of Iftar. Everyone else who could not find a space in the masjid ate with Malwi Nasiruddin. This year, a large company of Tabligh members and scholars came for Etakaf, many of whom were granted successorship by Hadrat. It was clear to any observer that many of the people in Etakaf were from Gujarat, Mumbai and Palanpur in India, though the largest number of, on average were from UP, Uttar Pradesh. At the same time, many guests were from the Andaman Islands, Mysore, Chennai, formerly Madras, Bihar and Assam, different cities and provinces in India, but also Bangladesh and South Africa. Many recited Qur'an from Dhuhr to Asr, while the Dhakirin were busy in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Until Asr, most performed dhikr loudly, while others softly. Still, others would be in meditation or reciting the Qur'an. Talking was strictly forbidden, and a bulletin clearly stated, Those who come here should not talk. If you wish, you may sleep or sit quietly, but do not talk under any circumstance. After Salat al-Asr, the book on Tasawwuf, Imdad al-Suluk, was read followed by two small booklets, one of them by Imam Suyuti. Once they were completed, Itmam al-Ni'am, translation of Tabweeb al-Hikam, and Ikmal al-Shiyam, commentary of Itmam al-Ni'am, were read. Throughout Ramadan, many books on Tasawwuf were completed in the reading session. Hadrat went into his quarters and opened his iftar with a madani date and zamzam water. He never ate anything else at this time and then went into meditation. After Maghrib, he stood for voluntary salah and prayed for about 45 minutes.
He ate two eggs and drank a cup of tea and then the curtains of his quarters were removed. At about 7.15pm, people from the general public met with Hadrat and newcomers shook hands with him. He asked how long they planned on staying and issued orders for their accommodations accordingly. During this time, he narrated stories of the elders and people came to take bay'ah, the pledge with the sheikh. After Adhan, he prepared for Salah and then prayed voluntary Salah. After Taraweeh, Surah Yasin was recited, followed by a beautifully long dua. If any one of the noted workers of Tabligh were present, Hazrat asked them to supplicate. Then the reading session began until 11.30pm, after which the workers of Tabligh updated Hazrat and the gathering on the work of Tabligh. In the previous Ramadan, lack of food made Hazrat suffer from extreme thirst. As a result, when he tried to drink, he would have stomach problems that prevented him from eating in Ramadan and even after Ramadan. For this reason, his family and close friends insisted he eat something during iftar this Ramadan. In this private gathering then, he, which lasted for 45 minutes, he often sat in contemplation and meditation. He slept after 1 o'clock and woke up at 4 o'clock, attended to his personal needs and began voluntary salah. Shortly before dawn, he took a few spoonfuls of bape, a type of food biscuit, a cup of chicken soup and then continued voluntary salah until adhan. The Ramadan of 1967-68 to 68. The program and spiritual atmosphere were much the same in the Ramadan of 1967-68. to 68. The same gatherings of dhikr and recitation of Qur'an, Hadrat's devotions and the Murids' diligence in worship. The following Ramadan the numbers had increased. As the numbers swelled and the area of Etakaf became small, organizers began demarcating a one and a half foot of area to each person. Once the masjid was full, newcomers were accommodated for the night in rooms that were set aside for sleeping, as otherwise they were spending their whole day in the masjid. My first meeting with Hadrat and the bay'ah to him. I first took bay'ah with Sheikh Abdul Qadir Raipuri in 1957 when I was in medical school. As a student, Hadrat did not want that I do any dhikr or ashgal. In 1967, sorry, in 1961, I finished my last exam and went straight to Raipur. Fortunately, I met with Sheikh Abul Hassan Ali Nadri in Saharanpur as he was leaving for Raipur and was blessed with his company on the journey to Raipur. Hadrat prescribed dhikr to me in that meeting, though I never kept at it due to my carelessness and indifference. Then Sheikh Abdul Qadir Raipuri passed away in 1962 and I had meanwhile moved to Saudi Arabia. In 1964, I was blessed with the opportunity to perform Hajj with Hadrat and Sheikh Yusuf and stay with Hadrat for eight days in Medina till Munawwara after Hajj. During this time, I asked Hadrat to accept me in bay'ah, but he refused, saying, I do not accept bay'ah of anyone who has already taken bay'ah with Sheikh Hussein Ahmed Madani or Sheikh Abdul Qadir Raipuri. Their bay'ah is my bay'ah. Therefore, if you have any questions, just ask. There's no need for bay'ah. After that, I returned to Medina to Manawara where I practiced medicine, and Hadrat left for India. Shortly after, I received a booklet of daily devotions without request from Hadrat, a clear sign that Hadrat had accepted me in his bayah. This was the beginning of my correspondence with Hadrat. In 1966-67, I went to visit Hadrat in Saharanpur and stayed with him for 21 days. Everyone I met asked why I had come after Ramadan and that I should have been here for Ramadan. Hadrat also asked Abul Hassan to show me the place where he 
performed etikaf during the month of Ramadan. After this, I left Saharanpur with the firm intention to return the next year to perform etikaf with Hadrat for the whole month of Ramadan. I had known Sufi Iqbal since 1957, when he had become acquainted through the work of Tabligh. We became good friends and I mentioned to him my intention of spending the next Ramadan with Hadrat. He was a little hesitant about leaving the blessed city of Medina to Manawara for India, but as I insisted, he decided to accompany me on the trip. In the Sha'aban of 1967, we departed from Medina and arrived in Saharanpur on the 29th of Sha'aban via Riyadh, Dahran, Karachi, Mumbai and then Delhi. Malik Abdul Haq also joined us from the center of Tabligh in Nizamuddin with his three sons. We left on Friday, the morning of the 29th of Sha'aban and arrived in Saharanpur at about Jumu'ah time. After Jumu'ah, we came forward to shake hands with Hadrat. I was the first to hug Hadrat. He shook and trembled. Then everyone moved forward one by one to hug him. Hadrat remained in this state, crying the whole day. He cried profusely and said repeatedly, Look, these people left the blessed precincts of Mecca and Medina to visit me. And he cried as he spoke. He remained in this state throughout the night. An amazing incident. When Sufi Iqbal and I left Medina for Saharanpur, we informed Hadrat throughout the journey of our whereabouts. During the journey, one woman from Hadrat's family saw the Blessed Prophet in her dream. The Blessed Prophet told her, Tell Shaykh al-Hadith that two of my special guests are coming. Make sure you take care of them. I don't remember the exact words, but this was the gist of what the Blessed Prophet ﷺ had said. Hadrat in- interpreted this to mean that the Blessed Prophet ﷺ was referring to Dr. Ismail and Sufi Iqbal. Our elders were head over heels over the smallest gesture of the Prophet ﷺ. Thus Hadrat was profoundly affected by this instruction, and he treated us with the utmost respect and took special care of us in every way spiritually, financially, externally and internally. His special blessings and affections for us are not something I can put into words. Throughout the month he granted us his time and special attention and on the night of Eid during the Hajjud time he granted us successorship. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and gratitude is owed to Allah ta'ala alone. That night I was sitting in Hadrat's presence and a few others were also nearby. Bismil Sahib, a well-known chanter, Naat Khan of Naat, came in. He asked Hadrat if he could recite a Naat, but Hadrat declined, saying, This is how innovations, bid'ah, are born. The purpose of these gatherings, where Naat, hymns of praise, were chanted and dhikr was held, was good in the beginning, he said. When a sheikh passed away, his successors and devotees would come together and say, When sheikh was alive and we gathered here at the sheikh's hanka, but how will we come together now? They finally agreed to meet once a year, but were still undecided as to when and where. They decided the best place to hold their annual gathering would be by the Sheikh's grave, and the best time, uh, the day uh, the Sheikh passed away, since no one would ever forget that date. This was the beginning of these festivals, Urs. But look at them now, he said. A similar incident took place in Medina al Munawwara. The program was the same in Medina as it was in India, with the common gathering being held after Asr. 
I don't know the exact year, but I do remember that Hadrat had spent a significant amount of time in Medina Tumunawwara before this Ramadan. Once Sheikh Abdul Aziz Sharqi, a renowned poet and chanter, came and sat in the gathering. Sheikh Abdul Razak came up to Hazrat and requested, Hazrat Sharqi Sahib is present. His nats are beautiful. Maybe he should chant something in the gathering. Hazrat replied, No, my brother, no. After that, I spent my Ramadan from 1968 to 1979 in Saharanpur, except for the Ramadans of 69, 73 and 78, which I spent in the blessed precincts. The Ramadan of 1971 The Ramadan of 1971 was spent in Saharanpur. The programs were the same as in the previous Ramadan. Sheikh Taqiyuddin writes, Most people woke up an hour and a half before dawn, ate sahar after tahajjud and recited Qur'an or prayed voluntary salah until dawn. Fajr was prayed in the earliest time. Everybody rested until 9 or 10 a.m. And at that time, the morning took on the semblance of night. At 10 a.m. or 10.30, either a talk is delivered or Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jilani discourses are read in the reading session. Then everyone recites the Qur'an until Dhuhr. khatam khajigan and Dua is held after Dhuhr, followed by the gathering of Dhikr until Salat al-Asr. After Salat al-Asr, Imdad al-Suluk or Ikmal al-Shiyam are usually read in the reading session until 15 to 20 minutes before Maghrib. Then everybody makes dua individually. After iftar and sometime after Maghrib, food and tea are served. Shortly after, everyone gathers by Hadrat's room and he advises those gathered. Most of his sayings from the book Suhbat Ba'awliya, Company of the Friends of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, are transcriptions, by the way, from these gatherings. Though the previous Ramadan, the book nisbat Sufiya by Shah Wasiullah, successor of Sheikh Ashraf Ali Tanvi was read in this gathering. One of the most beautiful sights is when Hadrat accepted people in Bay'ah shortly before the Adhan time, which will be mentioned in more detail later. Isha Salah, Taraweeh and Witr take about one and a half hours and one Quran is completed every 10 days. Malvi Salman, who recites clearly and fluently, leads the Taraweeh for 20 days. Different people have led in the last 10 days in various years. Surah Yasin and Dua is held after Witr, and some people who started to memorize Quran will recite a portion of Quran to Hadrat for blessing. In this case, the Dua after Surah Yasin is delayed until after their inauguration. A short gathering is held after the Dua in which Fadail Ramadan and Fadail Durud are most often read. Sometimes only the different readings of the Salah and Salam, the peace and blessings upon the Blessed Prophet وسلم, are read from Fadail Durud. After a reading session, everyone will either stand up for voluntary salah or recite Qur'an. Most go to sleep at midnight, while a few choose to remain awake for the whole night.